Break Fix Podcast is all about capturing the living history of people from all over the autosphere, from wrench turners and racers to artists, authors, designers, and everything in between. Our goal is to inspire a new generation of petrol heads that wonder, how did they get that job or become that person? The road to success is paved by all of us because everyone has a story. The International Motor Racing Research Center, or IMRRC for short, collects, shares, and preserves the history of motorsports, spanning continents, eras, and race series. The Watkins Glen-based IMRRC's collection embodies the speed, drama, and camaraderie of amateur as well as professional motor racing throughout the world. For 25 years, the center has welcomed serious researchers and the casual fans alike to share stories of race drivers, race series, and race cars captured on their shelves and walls. We were very fortunate to speak with the IMRRC during our first season of Break Fix, where Kip and Rick shared all sorts of stories about the Glen, and we've been working with them closely over the last three years. But this time, we want to welcome IMRRC Director Mark Steigerwald to celebrate the center's 25th anniversary with us. So welcome to the show, Mark. Thanks, Eric. Glad to be here. So before we dive into the center on a whole new level in the last 25 years retrospective and what's coming, let's introduce our listeners to you, Mark, the Petrolhead. Tell us about your automotive and motorsports enthusiast past. How did you get involved in all this? Well, I guess it depends on how far I want to go back. When I was in graduate school at Syracuse University, I was pursuing a master's in library and information science. And it was sort of an interesting period. It was the late 90s. Uh, Technology was really booming. All of my colleagues, my professors encouraged me to get into uh, some sort of area such as uh, corporate libraries or other information science areas. And I needed an internship. And I was at the track, like any true motorsport enthusiast that was within driving distance of Watkins Glen International. And I heard over the PA system, that a library was opening in Watkins Glen. And I thought, well, how fortuitous. I have to investigate that. So I knocked on the door of the public library. The IMRC is essentially a wing to the public library in Watkins Glen. And I inquired about an internship, talked to the director at the time, and she said, well, certainly, however, (laughs) we're just getting set up. She took me next door and there was a pile of cardboard boxes in what became the director's office and an Allard J2 on the floor and not much else. Gradually, over time, I met the incoming director of the research center. He agreed to take me under his wing. We formed an internship program for me. Fortunately, I never left. (laughs) I planned on staying for a three-month internship, and I stayed for eight years. During that period, we had a lot of challenges, but we had a lot of growth, and we had a lot of support from a very interested community. Many of them race fans, but there were also academics that elevated motorsport history in a way that I had always hoped from the beginning. Motorsport as a legitimate study for scholarship really made sense to me. And fortunately, it wasn't really a hard selling point. 25 years later, we're still helping authors with books. We're helping the curious of all age groups and just the casual browser, as well as the aforementioned author, even a few filmmakers out there too. So it was gratifying work for that initial eight years. During that eight-year period, you actually evolved from intern to director at some point. So take us on that journey. How did that happen? Our core collection was our library. So the library migrated in a smaller form from the public library, and it, it grew by leaps and bounds. So we accepted donations of motorsport and general automotive books, and we quickly filled our shelves. So my degree was sort of a a natural fit 
there. Meanwhile, we were starting to acquire manuscript materials, personal papers, diaries, photo collections, film collections, all sorts of materials that document motorsport that you would expect. I think what we didn't expect was the sheer volume of material that came, as well as the quality too. So all this material had to be cataloged, had to be organized. We had a, a very small staff, a couple of volunteers and myself, as well as the director at the time. Our services grew, as did our complexity and our professionalism. As I mentioned, always a challenge, but always enjoyable. And we had great community support, both local support as well as the motorsport community in general. We have built in events around the motorsport calendar for Watkins Glen International. So we would get a great influx of people walking through the doors on race weekends. They always wanted to see what car we had on display or to make a donation or just to catch up. We've always had that support since pretty much since day one. So when did the archival part come into play? How did the partnership with SCCA form? Well, that was after I had initially left. That was a great partnership and a great shot in the arm for the IMRC from the standpoint of an endorsement from a sanctioning body. We are the caretaker of the SCCA archives. Most organizations, even some corporate entities, they don't necessarily have the resources to manage their own archive. It takes someone special to have an eye and and an understanding of how important an archive is to any organization. And the SCCA Foundation had that connection in mind with us. It was sort of a natural progression. We have a display case in the center that recognizes SCCA accomplishments. That was perhaps the genesis of that idea. But we've always had close relationships with the SCCA. A project now that I essentially adopted a year or so ago, managed by our head archivist, Jenny Ambrose, is really a fairly large undertaking. We're certainly up to the challenge. It's a lot of material. I believe, according to our research assistants, we are up to the letter C in the alphabet going through driver's files. And that's, I believe, 40 record boxes just from A to C so far. Massive amount of material and a collection that's actually getting used quite regularly. I believe about 50% of our research inquiries are centered around that material currently. So it's gratifying all the way around. And the foundation is, as I said, a great partner in this and a supporter of the program. Absolutely. And we've leveraged the center as well ourselves for researching guests on our show, especially for things like the golden era of sports car racing, where I've called up and said, hey, do you have a profile on so-and-so? And it's not necessarily all SCCA material. This was Camel GT, IMSA, depending on what you're looking for, to your point, if you're writing a book or putting a movie together, or in our case, putting together podcast episodes, interviewing these drivers, it's a wealth of information. And it came super fast too. I was surprised by the turnaround time. So I can't say enough good things about quality of the material we're getting back and just the ability to be able to access it. I don't think you can get it pretty much anywhere else. I'm glad to hear that. We hope to leverage this success with other sanctioning bodies in the future. So yeah, a great success story for us. Continuing with your journey, you hinted a little bit that you haven't always been at the center. So you left and then came back. So what did you do and what brought you back? Well, I did make a career change. I was married at the time and I went to work for Cornell University, what is referred to as a frontline fundraiser, raising money, working with alumni, really gratifying work, very interesting. And I think even from the beginning, the wheels were turning in my head that some of the concepts I was learning and appreciating the fundraising front could work for some sort of endeavor such as the IMRC. I did spend a couple of years briefly at the California Automobile Museum in Sacramento. And that was sort of the litmus test for this. As everyone says, then COVID hit. So sort of sidelined some plans there. During that period, I did find out about the IMRC's seeking a director once again. I applied, 
gratefully I was chosen for the position. A lot had changed in over the years. The mission had stayed intact, but the level of professionalism had certainly gone up. And I was pleased and proud and uh, glad to be back. Initial eight years I was there at the center was a formative period for our collections. A lot of relationships were really established back during that time that are still in place currently. Meanwhile, collections have grown. Awareness has grown among the motorsport community. So we hope to just continue that upward trend. So you talked about building relationships. There's a special one within the halls of the IMRC. And you're very close with the Artsinger family. So do you want to talk about your relationship with Michael and Duke and the rest? Yes. So back when I had begun, I was uh, fortunate to meet Gene Artsinger, who was one of the key players in the formation of the IMRC. Gene was a proponent of the public library and the collection, as well as racing. By virtue of her relationship with her husband, Cameron, the founder of post-World War II uh, Road Racing in America, but libraries were Gene's thing. And Gene, in addition to John Saunders, had this idea to acknowledge racing's history. Uh, this is back in 1998 for the 50th anniversary in an innovative way, not merely just a museum, but an archive in the library that focused on motorsport. It was through many conversations I had with Jean at the time. She really encouraged me to sort of run wild, in a sense, with the concept of the IMRC, apply professionalism, apply whatever cutting-edge, state-of-the-art procedures were going on in library science at the time, such as digitization, scanning of photos, and cataloging our books. Certainly glad to do the work and work with Jean. And then I gradually met most of the Argusinger family. And Cameron also served as our chairman at the time for a short time, too, towards the end of my initial eight years. Without the Argusinger family, I think that was a sort of a, a bonding force for me to stay as long as I did. Michael specifically was essentially our chief marketing officer, great supporter of the center. He also had his day job, but then as he became an author, I was always fortunate to work on his book projects with him, working on images, occasionally editing. It was always enjoyable working with him as well. What's really special about the Argus Singer family, and you kind of hinted to it, was talking about the 50th anniversary of Watkins Glen in 1998. They're one of the founding families of sports car racing in the United States because it's centered grounded and born there in Watkins Glen. We talked about that on the original episode with Kip and Rick. Watkins Glen is a special place and the IMRC is just a part of that whole story. So it's pretty incredible. Oh, no, exactly. A famous family. And to see within Watkins Glen, post-war road racing on, on the streets, on public roads, an interim circuit, and then the uh, current circuit location, and then the series. We had NASCAR early on, 57 and 64 and 65, and then again, obviously, in 88, and then through current times, and Formula One for a spell. Pretty much, it's a who's who of racing for several decades, and that legacy continues. A lot of things changed during COVID, and you mentioned that things changed. Let's remind people of what was and what's coming back and how COVID changed the way the center is doing business today and what's transpired over the last three years since that all took off. Attending a lot more Zoom meetings, certainly even at the board level, so that's not going away anytime soon. Our board is scattered around the country anyway. The work sort of continues. I mean, if you think about research services, we've always provided research services essentially worldwide by virtue of our service model. That's remote. You know, we, we did have to shutter some of our programming. Our center conversations will come back stronger in 23 for certain. Certainly on the fundraising side, the model changed somewhat. The various government programs, the PPP program that was in place certainly helped us out as well too. And then going forward, I think people are so anxious to do things in person. And then, you know, we've gradually, our numbers have gone up since COVID as we've opened our doors. 
And we've seen a, an influx of people traveling and seeking the center as a destination. So you mentioned the center conversations. A lot of people that are familiar with the center know exactly what that is. But for those that don't, what are those about and what do they look like in 23? The center conversations were born out of a, a desire to showcase you know, some of the figures in motorsport that have been influential. Over the years, they've been local and they've been national or international. And we've been fortunate to have some great speakers. We had off the top of my head, I can remember Dr. Fred Simeone, for example. I can remember Lynn St. James, so many others. And then our, our local drivers, for example. And we focused on several different aspects of racing history. So from the business side, from the driver standpoint, from the crew chief standpoint, these are all archived at the center currently. These were always free of charge. Occasionally we had refreshments, for example. And our crowds would vary in size. You were up and close and personal with a, a motorsport personality in an intimate way that it's rarely encountered. You know, now it's podcast, but you know, this series continues. We're launching a schedule and I believe we've got four speakers set up for 2023, but we'll probably backfill with additional speakers as well. And then there is the symposium, the big one. It's sort of like put all the conversations together in one three-day event. Let's talk about the symposium, new and improved, starting in 22 yes. going forward. What's the symposium all about? Why should people come out and check it out? And how is it going to grow next year and beyond? This was my first go around last November. And as you know, you played an integral part in our success and our growth last November. So the symposium is a, an international gathering of speakers and participants as well, too. Uh, again, free and open to the public on a number of motorsport topics. So this elevates the uh, center conversations to the true scholarly level. We had some great subject matter last year, wonderful topics, a range that would appeal to any motorsport enthusiast, and an opportunity for Q&A from an audience, and this year even live streaming. We hope to continue that again this year. I'm sure we'll have another great slate of speakers as well as growing our audience. We have a, a partner in all of this, and that's the Society of Automotive Historians. Without them, we could not do what we do. The SAH has a long and storied history of pulling together similar type symposia across the country. So we have a great partner in the SAH, and now the GTM, we're doing great as well too. So again, we've elevated our center conversations to a scholarly level, and motorsport deserves it. No end of topics from 30-0 racing, any sort of pre-war topic that you can think of all the way up through current e-racing. That's right. And I'm glad you brought up the SAH. I'm a member of the Society of Automotive Historians myself. I've been working with them, you know, since the symposium, we got some ideas brewing and things like that. And obviously we have our co-branded, co-sponsored content by both the IMRC and the SAH that we're replaying through Break Fix throughout the years. So if you weren't at the symposium, you didn't see the YouTube or the Twitch live stream, you can actually catch these as episodes throughout the year, continuing into next year. So fantastic stuff. And I look forward to, you know, continuing to work with you guys on this because it's not only the living history, but it's also the past. There's a lot of things and subjects and topics that people are interested in that there's this wealth of knowledge out there and it's getting it in front of people. That's really, really important. I'm glad you are able to facilitate this through the symposium and the center conversations. Oh, exactly. And we're able to capitalize on current topics too. I mean, women in motorsports has been a fairly common topic in some sense over the past few years, but I think we've just scratched the surface of some of the uh, pioneers, especially pre-war. More and more of these stories and these, these women are coming to the forefront in terms of their exploits. So it, it's really gratifying to see this level of scholarship applied to that subject specifically. Since you brought a lot of fundraising techniques back to the IMRC during your hiatus, let's talk about the annual raffle. How does that work? Why is it important? 
How do you guys select the car that you're raffling off? Maybe what's the next pick, if you can reveal that little spoiler? As a 501c3, we essentially raise all of our own operational funding. The core of that is a, an annual membership campaign. We're very fortunate. This year, we will have Brian Redmond as our sponsorship chair. We always choose a, a sponsorship chair that helps to sort of spread the message to a group, indicating how important it is for our work to continue and how it continues with the support of fans like them. We have a great campaign at the beginning of the year that helps to launch a, a theme for us throughout the this year. It's our anniversary. So you know, we're fortunate to have that sort of hook. And complementing our membership is our sweepstakes. That's something that began as, as a raffle car, a straight up raffle. A sweepstakes model is slightly different, wherein there's really no limit on so-called ticket sales. Uh, we've had a C8 Corvette for the past two years, quite successful. And this year, I'm not quite certain what we'll have. It'll launch shortly. Again, a, an important component for our fundraising. And again, C8 Corvettes have been very popular for us. And we've had other cars in the past. We've had vintage Porsches and Ferraris. So uh, always something interesting that gets our audience's attention. Let's talk talk about the 25th anniversary celebration. What have you got in mind? Is it going to be a big party? You got something locked down? Well, officially, we will have a party that we're still pulling the elements together for on a, September 28th. We're choosing that date because it's a Saturday. It'll be the spiritual anniversary for the very first Grand Prix in 1948 for Watkins Glen. That also dovetails with the 75th anniversary of racing in Watkins Glen. That's our somewhat arbitrary date to celebrate. But throughout the year, we will pick other opportunities to promote our own history. We've had a, several of our fans and supporters come forward congratulating us on 25 years already. So we're grateful for that and some are being extra generous with their annual membership so we we certainly appreciate that if you're interested in going to the 25th anniversary celebration of the imrc look no further than racingarchives.org all the details should be up on the website shortly but this is also a big year for motorsports too i don't want to eclipse your celebration or the 75th of the Glen, but it is the 100th anniversary of the first running of Le Mans. So any thoughts on that, Mark, as a sports car fan? From a personal standpoint, Le Mans is an incredibly important event, and certainly from the manufacturer standpoint, but it's world-renowned. It's the race that everyone thinks about. It was immortalized in a movie starring Steve McQueen. It's featured in Michael Kaiser's movie, Speed Merchants. I'm dating myself somewhat, but then um, as Le Mans has evolved, it still has never lost any of its luster. I mean, there was during the 50s, there was a tragedy, unfortunately, that could have really stymied uh, motorsport development, but it did not. Le Mans is the great international road race for certain. So certainly we will uh, have exhibits and displays at the center celebrating Le Mans history. Any allegiances, any loyalties that you'd like to share? Do you have a brand that you're rooting for? <laughs> I shouldn't show bias, but I've always been a Porsche fan for various reasons. It's easy to say that, but it depends on where your history comes from. You know, for me personally, it was an experience with a 356 Porsche. My father wasn't really that mechanically inclined. He worked on his own cars, but the one car he thought he would want to turn a wrench on if he could would have been a 356. So that sort of stuck with me. And then um, I've never owned a Porsche driven several 911s and a 928. So the mystique has always been there and it continues to this day for sure. So thoughts on the 963, the new LMDH prototype? Gorgeous car, technologically advanced, of course. I certainly would wish Porsche luck. <laughs> <laughs> 
you know, competition is stiff these days too, and technology evolves ever quicker. So what a gorgeous machine, no doubt about it. So since we're talking about Porsche and you're a racing fan, what do you think about them potentially, allegedly making a jump into Formula One? I'm glad you asked. I personally would like to see it. Formula One is really enjoying a, a crest of popularity right now. I, for one, don't want to see it dissipate in any way. And I think Porsche could really mix up the field. I think it would be terrific. 25 years in the bag. What does the next 25 years look like for the center? Do you have any future plans? Anything you can share? Some teasers, maybe? The center has certainly been growing by leaps and bounds. Probably not unknown that we've always been a little pressed for space. We always have a significant racing car on display, and the library has sort of gradually grown. Anybody who sort of stops in semi-annually over the past few years has seen that. But the uh, collections themselves, film and photo, as well as a periodical collection, which is, I believe, over 10,000 <laughs> volumes at this point, continues to grow. So we are in need of additional space. So we're looking at options, but we have purchased property on Franklin Street, the main street in Watkins Glen at the north end. It gives us a pretty good footprint, and we are currently working with an architectural firm around expansion plans. So there's an awful lot of work that needs to be done beforehand that the overall building design, the functions that it will contain, a lot of work that needs to be done, but we have an opportunity to expand in our anniversary year. Motorsport deserves it. So we want to take that leadership role on like we've done with the SCCA and push forward. We used to say when we first started 25 years ago or so, for the first few years, so many of our donations were about people cleaning up closets and basements and attics. That still goes on. But as we've expanded and as we've honed in on primary resource materials, a lot of that material is out there now. And it's still somewhat within a, say, a, a musty corporate archive. It's not being utilized. We offer that management option of professionally archiving and making resource material available for researchers. It could be as simple as a copy of a photo, but it could be more in-depth. Since I've been back over the past year, I've touched base with a couple of authors that I recall helping 15, 20 years ago that are still at it, writing authoritative books on motorsport. We're still helping them with their research. So very gratifying work. It continues, and I can't personally see and tend to the need for this. So we do need to expand, and we're, we're addressing that now. Congratulations. I mean, well-deserved, and I'm looking forward to the move-in date, you know, to come check it out, come on tour. So what's going to happen to the old IMRRC? Is it going to just be reabsorbed back into the library, or will it have a function still? We'll continue operations there, certainly for the foreseeable future. We might repurpose that space in some way. It certainly serves us well for office space. We might have quieter space for researchers to work. It's sort of an evolving project for us, depending on how we'll continue to utilize that space and what the new space will look like. So Mark, with that, any shout outs, promotions, or anything else you'd like to share that we didn't cover thus far? Well, I would just encourage everyone to visit, certainly visit us on the website, but visit us in person as well, too, on race weekends. We will expand our hours to being open on Saturdays and race weekends. In the past, certain race weekends, we might be open the entire weekend, but always call ahead if you're making plans. But Saturdays on race weekends are given in 2023. I'll certainly thank everyone who supported us over the years. There are names too numerous to mention. Uh, I should remind everyone we have a really dedicated governing council made up of leaders in motorsports, as well as a local contingent to 
everyone's invested in the Watkins Glen area. That goes without saying because we're expanding in Watkins Glen. Our operation is staying uh, rooted right in upstate New York. Our reach has has always been international. It continues on that trajectory. Thank everyone who's uh, you know who's made us the success that we we are these days. We just continue moving forward. Special thanks to Watkins Glen International. Michael Printup and his crew have always been supportive of us, and we're grateful for his time and our exposure at the track too. I mean, uh, today's racing will be tomorrow. History. We're working hard to preserve all of that history, even the most recent racing. To learn more about the International Motor Racing Research Center, check out their website, www.racingarchives.org, or follow them on social media at IMRRC. And if you happen to be in town, post-race or beforehand, stop by the center and meet up with folks like Mark and Kip while you're there. And if you'd like to get in contact with Mark and be part of the next 25 years of the center's growth, reach out to him via email at mark at racingarchives.org. Mark, I can't thank you enough for coming on the show. And, you know, I appreciate the partnership that we've grown over the last couple of years. And I look forward to continuing working with the IMRC and being part of the next 25 years and celebrating with you guys this year. So it's fantastic. I mean, you guys are second to none. There's really nothing else out there like this, especially for automotive historians like myself and others that are looking for answers and looking for our haven, our place to go. So thank you. Thank you for everything you guys do. Oh, well, thanks, Eric. We really appreciate the opportunity. And uh, yep, come in and see us when you can. The following episode is brought to you in part by the International Motor Racing Research Center, as well as the Society of Automotive Historians, the Watkins Glen Area Chamber of Commerce, and the Artsinger family. If you like what you've heard and want to learn more about GTM, be sure to check us out on www.gtmotorsports.org. You can also find us on Instagram at Grand Touring Motorsports. Also, if you want to get involved or have suggestions for future shows, you can call or text us at 202-630-1770 or send us an email at crewchief at gtmotorsports.org. We'd love to hear from you. Hey, everybody. Crew Chief Eric here. We really hope you enjoyed this episode of Break Fix, and we wanted to remind you that GTM remains a no annual fees organization. And our goal is to continue to bring you quality episodes like this one at no charge. As a loyal listener, please consider subscribing to our Patreon for bonus and behind-the-scenes content, extra goodies, and GTM swag. For as little as $2.50 a month, you can keep our developers, writers, editors, casters, and other volunteers fed on their strict diet of Fig Newtons, Gummy Bears, and Monster. Consider signing up for Patreon today at www.patreon.com forward slash GT Motorsports. And remember, without fans, supporters, and members like you, none of this would be possible.